Broadcasting live to the world. Now, it's Sheila Zelensky. Sheila Zielinski Show, the only show to give you the truth behind the headlines, prophecy, and the deeper things of God. Now, here is your host, end-time watchwoman, Sheila Zielinski. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Sheila Zielinski Show for this April 14th, 2016 edition I broadcast weekdays, that's Monday to Friday, at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, right here at WeekendVigilante.com. Thank you for tuning in from across the globe. I see we have a lot of new listeners this month alone. For the new listeners, if you have not got a copy in your hand of my book, Green Gospel, do so. It's imperative that people become aware of this pagan religion of environmentalism, the fastest growing religion on the planet. What are its true origins and where is it headed? That's what you need to know. So do pick up a copy of that by going to greengospel.ca. I do not believe there's a more timely book out there. And Carla Butad and I have a power prayer book coming out, Warfare Prayers That Work. And so look for that this summer. I cannot stress the importance of prayer. We need to start doing all our battles on our knees, folks. That's important. Well, I'm very excited about today's show. It is very near and dear to my heart because my grandfather was a highly decorated soldier. I cannot imagine what he and others endured to provide the blanket of freedom that you and I take for granted. And yes, we do know that our liberties and freedoms are being eviscerated at mock speed. But those brave men and women that stood up for our freedoms, well, they're being vilified at mock speed as well. And I want to really thank my fiance, Chris, for really shedding light on this subject. It is an issue that is very near and dear to both our hearts. And so I want to dedicate this show to Chris today. Thank you, Chris, for your passion for the veterans. And I'm very excited to have on the show today a man who's going to shed some light on this for us. It is Sergeant Major David Doc Bullock. He is the CEO of America Helping Veterans. It's a not-for-profit organization dedicated to helping and assisting over 1.5 million veterans and their families. Doc received a Bronze Star for his action in combat and a humanitarian award for his selfless service to help others. He served our country for almost 25 years. And one of the things he experienced, like many other veterans before him, when he came back from combat, he had a very tough time adjusting back to civilian life, which is why he formed this organization to help veterans deal with the transition back to normal society, getting them help, getting them the tools they need and assisting them to become a productive member of society. And American Helping Veterans is the largest organization for all veterans and their families. And it is my distinct privilege and honor to welcome him to the program. Doc Bullock, welcome to the show, sir. Such an honor. 
Oh, just thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure to be here with you. Oh, the pleasure is all ours, Doc. Trust me. One of the things that boils my blood, of course, having a grandfather that was a highly decorated soldier, it sends my blood into boiling point, this shoulder-shrugging, seemingly apathetic complacency we have in society for our veterans, complete lack of regard, complete lack of honor. I was recently looking at this survey from 2013 that there are upwards of 70,000 homeless veterans. That is mind-numbing to me, and yet it's absolutely unacceptable. What are the reasons for this? Well, you know, number one reason for our homeless veterans in such a large garage is that lack of leadership. We don't do a very good job of helping our veterans transition from the horrors of war. You've been out for, let's say, four years, 23 years for myself, fighting and fighting and fighting. But then when it's time to come home and be finished with your service commitment, we don't have anything in place to say, okay, these are the people that are really looking to help hire veterans. Make sure that you have a home. Some people get out and they're 23 years old. They're still trying to figure out life, what I want to be in life. Well, we can, we can wage wars and wars and wars, but we can't figure out how we can have assistance ready for our young men and women who are getting out of the service. You know, I, I just can't buy that. No, I don't buy it either. You know, you yourself dealt with depression and anger and even thoughts of suicide, which is just staggering these statistics that are coming out on veterans that are committing suicide. That is a travesty. So we're going to talk about that, but give the listeners some examples of the other problems that veterans are dealing with in your experience, Doc. Well, much like myself, I spent 23 years in the military, held every position from a private to a sergeant major, served multiple deployments, Africa, Somalia, Iraq, Afghanistan, and the list goes on. And I'm at the highest rank in the food chain, but when I got out, I still had problems. I spent over a year and a half fighting with VA for my own benefit. And for a guy with as much clout and juice that I had, it's crazy to think how little uh, clout these young guys coming out, the 23, 24, 25, trying to get their benefits when I can go in any office in the VA and, and bust down the door and say, hey, this is who I am. I need help. The system isn't designed that way. It's designed to get you frustrated. It's designed to get you to quit. It's designed to make things so difficult for veterans that they just say, forget it. I'm not going through all that anymore. And a lot of guys become so caught up in the system that they just forget it, and now they find themselves homeless because they don't have the training. They may go to a job interview and get kicked back from the job interview. Now I'm feeling like the country doesn't love me. I can't get a job. I've been gone for years from my wife, my family. It's tough coming back. It's tough reorientating yourself back as a civilian when you've been in the service for most of part of your adult life. Absolutely. But how is it that our vets are falling through the cracks with everything from, you just mentioned, being homeless, the health care, medical issues, a plethora of pharmacological issues? That's a whole topic in itself. I mean, I've heard many 
many stories where veterans have died from the inability to even get the right medication. You talked about the VA. This is unacceptable to me. What's your take on all that? Well, I think the VA is a civilian-run operation that really preys upon making money, not trying to reinvent the system. You know, we come back from wars, and every war we come back from, we reinvent our armed services on how to fight, how we're going to do it this time. It's never the same. It behooves me that our military leadership that has gotten out will stand for this. Any CEO who runs a company looks at the end of the year how our company is doing. What can we do better? And our VA does just the opposite. We're going to stay stagnated. We're going to offer poor service. We're not going to help these guys to the utmost of our abilities. And we're still going to make huge profits off their backs. So as long as I'm doing that, well, I don't need to change anything. Wow, that is shocking. Well, I was reading this very interesting article that was entitled, Today's Veterans Groups Are Not Your Granddad's VFW. What's your thoughts on the VFW? So, uh, the Veterans Forum War has a strong voice and have really been able to help a number of veterans assist them which way to go in the fight to get laws changed and things of that nature. The fact that now you've certainly seen this trend in the last five years to a decade, veterans being vilified. And in some cases, you know, they're not even allowed to have guns, but, you know, it's okay for them to go and protect and defend us. And then we just, what, shrug our shoulders when they're being treated this way? What is that about? Well, you know, it's a travesty, first of all, for veterans not to be able to own guns. When uh, we are far for our country in anywhere you want to put us, to come to a VA hospital. And this goes into also why a lot of veterans don't go to the VA hospital with their problems because they're afraid they're going to be put on this blacklist that says, number one, this veteran is not allowed to carry weapons because he came in here and asked for something as simple as financial services. If I go in the VA and say, I, I need help managing my checkbook, I need help with figuring out my finances. Do we have a program in place to assist me in this? Yes, we do. And along with putting you in that program, we also will put you on the blacklist that you can't own any weapons. Now, trying to take our Second Amendment rights is really nuts. And we're having a hard time with that, and no veteran should have to go through that. No, they sure should not. Is it surprising to you and the veterans that you know the level of gun grabbing that this administration is not only doing, but getting away with. And then on the heels of that, you have right from, as I call her, Diane, not so Feinstein, even right up to the (laughs) highest level of White House. Does that surprise you? Yes, it really does surprise me that the level of incompetence is so rapid in our leaders of America. It's, It's sad to see where we're at right now understanding our Second Amendment rights, and we're in a sad place right now, not only with our veterans, with our civilians as well. Well, again, it's an outrage to me that it's crickets chirping about this. I mean, you really have your thumb in the pulse of what's happening. I guess my question is, why is this going unnoticed, untalked about? Why is the media also not talking about this, Doc? You know, you asked a great question, and uh, 
I know I've been kicking down some doors trying to get some answers to why everybody's just not in an uproar. Number one, our veterans' Second Amendment rights being taken away, and we're sitting silently, not raising enough hell to get anything done. It's one of the things that I know, America Helping Veterans, we are definitely trying to be heard on this issue everywhere we can be. Right. And that's a good segue. Tell the listeners about America Helping Veterans and what this organization seeks to do. Well, I think our our major problem is veterans not being heard. People don't understand when you come back from combat, you get out to service, the trials and tribulations that you do have. Because for many of our veterans, that stays with you for the rest of your life, seeing somebody's body cut in half, seeing your best friend get shot, seeing your buddies get killed. You can't erase those things out your mind. When I came back and retired out of the service, I saw so many of my buddies going through the problems and trials and tribulations. We decided to form a company called America Helping Veterans because we truly believe there's enough Americans that are out there that want to help. We just need to provide a way for them to help and for it to be a platform that our veterans can stand on. So we went out and we prevent a segue, if you will, from VA can't help you. We put ourselves in a position to help you. If you need some real doctors to help you with your PTSD and not one that just graduated from college yesterday, we provide that. If you need a job, we're going to show you different companies are veteran-friendly. If you need a place to stay, we're going to provide that for you. If you need some money to help you get through a tough month, we're going to provide that for you. So we really try to pick up where VA lets off. That's kind of the gist of what what we're fired up about and what we're trying to do. Well, that's wonderful. Because in my opinion, Doc, a veteran should never be homeless. He should never have to go without in my, that's in my strong opinion. And, you know, you mentioned the trauma. The trauma is horrific. And it's stunning that these psychotropic drugs that they hop these guys up on, in most cases, they're causing suicide. So you have the post-traumatic stress disorder, which is all too real, but you also have their solutions for this is just hop these guys up on a plethora, a litany of these pharmacological (laughs) psychotropic drugs. And that is frightening the side effects of these things, again, causing suicide. And when you have veterans committing suicide, to me, that is the biggest travesty. It should never happen. And, And that is a huge concern, isn't it? That is a huge concern, you know, that we spend hundreds of millions of dollars to bail out banks and businesses, but we can't spend uh, enough money to help out our veterans. Veterans want to work. Veterans aren't lazy. Our veterans just want somebody to point them in the right direction and say, hey, over here at GM, they're looking for a number of veterans to hire. Over here, we can get you on right here. This is what a good resume looks like. Most of these guys join right out of high school. So therefore, they may not know what a good resume looks like. This is what you're supposed to do at a job interview. You know, we use millions and millions of dollars to advertise and promote you to join the armed services. Be all you can be. The few, the proud, the Marines. We got all kind of great slogans to get you to join, but we have nothing for you to transition out. And that is sad. Yeah, that's really frightening. Well, what do you see as some solutions 
to these atrocious statistics that we're talking about. Because, you know, it's one thing, if you've never been deployed, I think people should silence themselves because there's a lot of people that have a lot of opinions. I think it's important for people to educate themselves by actually spending time with veterans. You know, God gave us two ears and one mouth, so we should probably listen more than (laughs) we speak. You know, the other thing, I guess, is that, you know, we're a Christian nation, and yet why are the churches not addressing this, in your opinion? You know, that's a tough one, because I spent 20-some years of killing and destruction, and I still have to really ask God to forgive me of my sins. Most churches don't want to be involved with guys like myself and maybe don't understand the horrors of war, and they try to keep us at bay. Yeah, we love you, but we don't want to talk to you that much. It's a it's a it's a tough battle in between you, the church, and serving your country. I think the pastors, the ministers try to kinda of keep us at bay. Wow, I find that really troubling on so many levels. And the thing that is so absolutely mind-numbing to me is when you look at the fact that military is paying for gender transitional surgeries, funding sex change treatments, hormone therapies, gender reassignments. Even last year, there was a big headline in Breitbart, Obama planning to cut 50,000 troops to pay for sex change for a transsexual military pilot. They'll pay for sex change hormones for someone, and yet they won't make sure veterans are not homeless. I mean, that is just, I can't wrap my head around it. Yeah, we, we, have, we have some serious problems. That, uh, it, it just doesn't make much sense to me that a nation as strong as ours and can't figure out how we can make the veteran hospital work when there's so many other hospitals that work magnificently. But we can't figure out a way to take care of our veterans and not have you on a year's wait, six months wait to, to come in to see a doctor. This isn't one of those problems where you, you just throw enough money at it and it goes away. This is a problem amongst leaders. Leaders have to figure this problem out. And if you don't have leaders, strong leaders in place, then we need to get some. We need to change our leadership. We need to change our doctrine on how we handle these situations. For some reason, it must be making somebody a lot of money because they refuse to change the system. Everybody, each year, they'll talk about it for about 15 minutes, some great talking points, and they'll walk away from it and talk about it again the following year. Right. There's a lot of talk, but no action, which is really why I'm such a big proponent of Americans Helping Veterans, because it is an organization of action. And that's important. Walk us through examples of some of the things your organization tries to do to help veterans. Well, one is what, something as simple as, hey, I'm an amputee, I'm missing my leg. I can't get a, a ramp built in my house for another six months to a year. So we simply go to Home Depot, purchase the material, and build the ramp for, for ourselves. Other veterans come back, hey, I just got out. My wife, most of you got to understand, we have a huge divorce rate with tear down the family. So you come back from the armed services, you've been gone a year, but it's actually a year and a half, almost two years, because before you go, you spend about four or five months just ramping up to prepare you for the war. 
that so that means a lot of training you know, away from your family. You're going out to JRTC, MTC, all these th- events where we train up for the war. So you're away from your family. So the old lady by now is like, you know what? I can't deal with this because he's gone all the time. And let alone you got kids. So it's a tough way of life in so many different aspects. Uh, young men and women come back. Their spouse have left them. They try to figure it out. They're in debt. They have no place to go. And you just in that, that cycle. Now you find yourself, maybe you're homeless. Maybe you don't have a, a, a great mother and father that's going to say, hey, live with me. So many of our young men and women come from broken homes. So it's a combination of all of this and you being young and you can't figure it out. Next thing you know, you're on the street. Next thing you know, you're undone a crime. Now you're in jail. Next thing you know, you got a record. And the cycle goes on and on. You start peeling all the different layers back. So we try to just really offer a vehicle to help them through any problem they got. We may not be the guy that can fix it, but we can point you in the right direction, take you there to see the people that can fix it. Yeah, well, that advocacy and support piece is really huge. Now, recently, I noticed Ron Paul has a very interesting blog about military suicide being labeled as not combat related. I mean, military suicide deaths have, we know this on record, surpassed Iraq war deaths. But this new study tries to convince us that these suicides have nothing to do with multiple deployments or the horrors of combat. And that is just absolutely stunning that the government studies of government wars, they never really give us the full story, do they? No, I mean, when you think about that veterans represent 11% of the population, we make up 25% of the homeless, which is double of civilians. So to tell me that our combat duties don't have something to do with that is ludicrous. Less than 1% serves their country. So we can't figure out a way to help these young men and women. It's nuts to me. Well, you certainly are a very decorated individual yourself. What was it like for you? I mean, 23 years in combat. Give the listeners a sense of what that is like. Well, you know, you deploy so many times, you know, and I have a wife and two kids and being away from your family all the time. You know, come back, you got to dig down deep and, and, and reconnect with not only your wife, but your kids. And like, who this guy? I haven't seen him in a long time. So it's, it has some serious challenges. Not only that, the horrors of war are real. I haven't been able to articulate well enough the things you see in war, the things you are forced to do in war that will stay with you the rest of your lives. And for me, even though I function very well, it's that at night when I have the biggest problems, when it's time to go to sleep and all those demons come back and haunt you. It's not nothing that you can run from. It's not nothing that a pill can fix. I think it's just something that's part of your life forever. Well, I do not imagine that any of us can really, unless we've been there, wrap our heads around what it is like to struggle with the gut-wrenching horrors of war period is really something that I don't fully think any of us really understand unless we've been there. So I empathize with you. And I thank you for sharing that with us because I think it's so important because I get many emails 
from veterans that are rocked with guilt and shame and struggle and frustration because of what they've endured in these combat situations. And it is just absolutely heart-wrenching. They need healing. They need deliverance. They need for us to understand and be compassionate as Christian people reaching out and really trying to pray with them, help them. And I really believe that Jesus is the only answer here because he atoned for our sins. He bore our iniquity. And it's only God's divine mercy, grace, and power that's going to really get them through that. But here's the other piece that troubles me is we have a culture of complete meow men. We really do have, (laughs) they don't have a lot of, I call it testicular fortitude, but we really have become dumbed down. And the men, just men are not men anymore. And that is really frightening, isn't it? Yes, it is. And everything I equate back to leaders being leaders. Um, It was never a time when I was serving our country that um, I lacked leadership. I understood what I was expected to do. It it saddens me when I got guys like Colin Powell, even guys like John McCain, who have seen the horrors of war, still make stupid-ass decisions that aren't helping veterans as much as they could be. And guys that most veterans look up to as great men should be able to step in there and say, okay, this is how we're going to run this from now on, and this is how this is going to be fixed. There's so many CEOs of other major companies out there that we can get all these minds together and say, this is how we're going to run it, and this is why it makes more sense to do this. They don't understand what the military is and how to how to run our armed forces. It should be a requirement for all politicians to have served at least two years of service or had a son or daughter who has served two years of service. So you're not so quick to say, hey, let's go to war. Let's see if we can figure out something other than war. Now, if we have to go to war, we'll, 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 we'll sign up to do that. But these guys put us in, in arms way because it has no skin off them. It's easy to say, let's go to war when there's no consequences for you. Maybe just do two years. I, I definitely know they would have a different approach to sending our men and women off to combat. I guess the big question is for the listeners out there saying, well, what can I do? How can I get involved in helping our veterans? What are some of the things that the listeners can do to help our veterans? Well, number one is it has to be more than you saying thank you for your service. As much as we may appreciate that, we need you to stand tall with us. We need you to write your congressman. We need you to go down to your mayor's office. We need to let your voice be known that you totally disapprove of the way this VA is handling our, our young men and women. Everybody can make a little difference if they take 20 minutes out of their time. Our VA office is always looking for volunteers. I got 27 gentlemen that I know personally that's laid up in the hospital, missing limbs, face burnt off, so many other holes of war that are going on with them that would love for you to say, hey, guys, how you doing? I'm here for you. I love you. To let them know that there's the people out there that care. You can do some of those things. Um, I think it'll go a long way. Yes, I think that does go a long way. And another thing that goes even a longer way, in my opinion, is for people to financially support organizations like this 
It's one thing to say, thank you for your service, but it's a whole other thing to act. I think action speaks louder than words. Doc, give out your information for the folks and how they can support this organization that is boots on the ground helping our veterans. We are America Helping Veterans dot org. You can call me at 254-458-2427. We would love for you to help us in any way. Maybe you're the CEO of a company. Maybe you um, know some people that can give veterans jobs. Or you just want to give some time. We would love to have you a volunteer. We really love to have you financially help us because 100% of all donations goes to veterans. So we would love to have you. Thank you so much. Appreciate you. Let's stop and think about this, dog. These people put their lives on the line, and we owe them, in my opinion. Absolutely. There's so many young men and women that have passed away, and then there's so many young men and women who are missing arms, missing legs, others who you can't see their injuries because they're mental that need help. And for us to take a few moments, a few dollars, that really means a lot to veterans. Well, I mean, we owe them a job. We owe them housing. We owe them so much more even than that. And again, we should never have to hear a headline where a veteran is homeless. I read a story over Christmas where a veteran froze to death, and yet we have a flood of Syrian refugees pouring into the West that we're going to take care of refugees, but we can't even take care of our veterans. That is unacceptable, folks. So And I really want to encourage my listeners to not just shrug your shoulders when you hear this, but actually do something. Support ministries like this because we owe these veterans everything because they gave up everything for us. And that's really important, isn't it, Doc? So important. And you make such a valid point with these doggone refugees. That kills every veteran. You can't believe that we got veterans hurting and we're going to take care of these guys before them. So we thank you so much for bringing attention to this. It's my pleasure. And I just want to say, Doc, thank you so much for your service. You are a Bronze Star recipient and a true war hero. You've dedicated a major portion of your life to serve our country, serve your fellow man. So we just want to say thank you for everything that you've done, not only for your service, but your dedication to your fellow man in what you're doing now Thank you, sir. Thank you so much for having us. We really appreciate the time. The most precious commodity that we have is time. So I want you to know we really appreciate your time. Thank you, sir. Folks, that was Sergeant Major Doc Bullock. Do reach out to him. The information is linked there today on the bio. And if you're a veteran and you need prayer, please do reach out to me. My information is there at weekendvigilante.com under the contact tab. I want to thank everyone for tuning into the broadcast today. We will see you tomorrow. It's going to be a great show. Good night and God bless.